0: into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Abdul is the founder and CEO at Numero and Genie and also a mentor and investor for young startups. In this interview, Abdul shares how he took inspiration and lessons from his father and became an entrepreneur. He trusts people and believes in giving them full responsibility. He also shared the importance of prayer, meditation, and journaling to his leadership and day-to-day activities as an entrepreneur. Hi, Abdul. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Yeah. Hi, Sumit. It's it's wonderful to have you here with us today. Can you give a a brief introduction of who you are and what do you do? Okay. My name is
1: Abdul Salim. I'm actually a serial entrepreneur. I've been Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur for the last 11 years. Started a services company, which is like into digital marketing. And currently, I'm also building a product. So I want to build a services plus product company. Prior to Mm the journey, I know I've worked in large companies like HP, Infosys, Symfony, Target, and Nokia was my last Mm -hmm. corporate job. Predominantly, Mm -hmm. my experience has been into digital. And with regards to my education, I've gone to IM Bangalore, done my schooling in college in Bangalore itself. And personally, I'm a family man, married. My wife is a HR professional. I have a 12-year-old son called Rehan. And with regards to my personal hobbies, I have always been a sportsman. So I like to play cricket and spend some time on reading books and then watch some Netflix and some cricket matches here.
0: Thank you for sharing this uh, like full picture of who you okay. are. And uh, Rehan is a wonderful name. Uh, so thank you for giving us a full picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell us a bit more, right? Though so these big companies and then uh, entrepreneurship, right? Uh, is it something which you always wanted to do? Or where did that urge came from? See, my father was a very successful
1: entrepreneur. So as a kid, I have tagged along with him where he has done business, be it a small business or he was doing multiple businesses. Right, So I was always with him and just to see his passion, the way he used to work, it always inspired me. Right, My father is my motivation and I'm following his footsteps. Although I've worked in large companies where people would want to keep their arms and legs to be in companies like Infosys, HP or even Target. But then I was never content there, Right, although fat paycheck and all the comforts and benefits. But then I was never content. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur that... Kira was always there because of my upbringing. Even at the age of 10 only, I think so I started working with my father. Mm. Right. So i had seen how business works and how to be with people. Right. So in a large organization, you might be managing a large portfolio, but still it is not the same. So with the, see, there's yes. a lot of bureaucracy. Like I'm a person, I keep coming with new ideas. Innovation is my USB. But then going through the bureaucracy of presenting idea, implementing, it takes a lot of effort. And yeah. then you sometimes get stuck in red tipism. In our company, whenever I think of an idea or hey, anybody in my team comes up with the idea and I feel that this is a good idea, we implement immediately. So that freedom I have gone being an entrepreneur. We have seen a lot of ups and downs, but then somehow managed to survive with this 10 years. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if you have worked in big companies and you have been in B schools, then you learn a lot about business or strategy right. and all of these big words. But can yeah, you share maybe... Can you share one or two of those lessons that you have learned from your father uh, from directly observing him, which maybe are not taught in like a traditional schooling environment, but which has been very valuable to you?
1: Most important was his persistence and passion, right? Uh, So no matter what, it could be a bad day at office, challenging a day, right? Next day morning, you would forget what happened the previous day. And with the same energy and passion, you would work. So that is what is keeping me also continuing with my entrepreneurship because there are no, not many good days. You see a lot of tough days, right? So that is one talent I learned from my dad, that you need to be pers- persistent and forget about what happened previous day. It's a fresh start. I see a lot of my entrepreneurship friends who sulk sometimes whenever there is a challenge. And then it goes on for a month or weeks. That's when they struggle. In my case, I forget no matter what happens. So that's one. Second is managing people, what I learned from my father, right? Just the way he used to give respect to everybody across the board, right? Even if it is a coolie guy or it could be a manager, he would speak the same way to everybody, right? And then everybody deserves respect. So when you do that, the team members always perform. That's the second skill I learned from him. And then predominantly a good leader he was, right? Good leader in terms of community or in the society. I right? should just be observing people. He didn't make me sit and teach things. I to just
0: observe with him. And it has definitely helped both in my corporate plus in my entrepreneurship journey. Thank you. Thank you for sharing these like wise words. And uh, like uh, I have my tremendous gratitude for you and for your father. Because these, some of these skills are like, as we were talking earlier, maybe are not part of like a B school curriculum, but simply respecting somebody, irrespective of who they are, people perform better. I think it's that simple truths that matter. So now coming to your entrepreneurship, coming to the two companies that you have, can you share a bit about the vision that you have? What are you trying to create? Okay. See,
1: as I was always in a digital field... Be that in fee or HP or target, I was part of the dot-com team there, right? So predominantly, I had good experience in various aspects of digital marketing, be it catalog management, content or branding or website, right? So continuing with the same experience, I was with Nokia. I'm actually an accidental entrepreneur, right? So Nokia was not doing pretty well in 2012. So there was a lot of layoffs. And then we had hardly any work, right? We would sit and wait that if our name will come up in the list, right? So every week we would wait. And then while I was actually waiting for my name to come up. So I was working in this idea that why don't I start at a marketing agency. And that's when I spoke to my manager. She said, I'm ready to invest because I've seen you working. Why didn't you start? And I thought it's been almost 12, 13 years. I've worked in a lot of large companies and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Right. So that's when I took the that became an entrepreneur started with what is my strength right so I that my experience and skill set right was into digital so I said I will start my digital marketing and as you understand 10 to 20 years back there were not too many companies then now everybody mm-hmm. talks about digital so I knew there was a market and there was definitely a vacuum plus as a person I'm very hands-on right so I can do every aspects of digital marketing that's very important for an entrepreneur Because only when you can do stuff, that's when your team respects and then you become a domain expert. So I was always hands-on, right? So I knew even if the team members don't perform, I could pitch in and work on it. right? And these were the two things gave me confidence that I could become an entrepreneur. And then I started my digital marketing agency and continued. I wanted to start with a product, but then product has very high risk, right? So you have to find the right kind of product, you need to raise funds. I was very clear that I don't want to raise funds for a few years because again it becomes like you're working for somebody right don't mm-hmm. want right so I was very clear I will go bootstrap and there was a lot of scope for digital marketing and some clients some companies who I actually worked for they gave me some work. they had seen me work so that's when I started after 10 years the plan was to become a services and a product company so it's typical digital marketing is your SEO, building website, doing branding, which everybody knows, running ads, which I have had some experience with started the organization. After 10 years, the plan was to launch a product. So I've actually launched a lead generation product, which is actually email outreach or a, an outreach where we can find the right kind of customers for all the way to become there. So product is already live. We're testing and we've got decent clients there. Along with that, I'm building a marketing product. So what's happened, so is because I run a digital marketing agency, right? We use multiple products, other products to run initial marketing campaign. Katma, HubSpot, Hootsuit, and Buffer, and Zoho, and Freshwood, There's so many tools. Every product is different. The UI is different. The costing is different. The database is not common. There's a lot of manual activity, and the cost is really high. I spend anywhere between two to $3,000 on subscription on all the tools. And without these tools, you can't run an efficient marketing campaign. That's when I came up with the idea that I'll build an all-in-one product, which will complete the entire digital marketing lifecycle, which means you don't have to go to multiple products. You have one product and you complete the entire flow. So the product has been selected by NASCOM and Karnataka startup, and they've also funded us. We should go live by December with that product because it's a comprehensive tool and it's extremely complex, right? So. Building that product is taking us some more time, but then I think so by December, we should be able to go live. The other thing is when I run a marketing campaign, right? So there's a lot of manual activity, which I hate as an employee also. I used to hate doing manual activity. So with AI and ML, we have automated many things. What on ChatGPT or it could be Quiltboard, right? So we have built those tools. Where any marketer who comes to the product should be able to complete the entire marketing campaign with all efficiency, better return of investment with our product. So that's a little bit about our services and the
0: product. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and best of luck with, with developing that, that project and launch, launching it. Yes. Yeah, thank you. So now zooming out a bit into the future, right? What are some of those big challenges that you see for yourself, either with with the new shape that you're giving to the company or for your own leadership? One is building a services company is slightly easier. Building a product company is
1: a challenge. And I'm very clear that I want to go bootstrap with even my product, get some traction, and maybe I'll think about raising funds, right? So going bootstrap itself is a challenge. Second, the digital marketing field is evolving with all the AI and ML tools, right? And as an organization, if you're not as good as those tools, or if we don't embrace those tools, right, you know, we'll be in a difficult situation, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to train my team to utilize all the tools which are there and make sure that tools don't replace us. We would rather utilize them and make our marketing campaigns more efficient, right? In terms of technology, that is the challenge. And the competition is huge, right? Where suppose we get a customer we're competing with the whole world, right? The customer is talking to somebody in Philippines, somebody in the Bangladesh, and India, and US, right? So until now, you actually provide a solution, you don't sign up with any customer. Hmm. But with the all the tools at the usage, if you provide the right kind of solution, right? We should be able to manage our organization, but then we have to be at the best of our game to be able to embrace all these tools and be more efficient in whatever we work with.
0: Yeah. And earlier, you mentioned that you were very hands-on as you're ready to do everything. How has that changed now after like so many years of entrepreneurship? That has not changed at all. I'm still hands-on.
1: I have the domain expert name, any service, any customer, any service you provide. Yeah. I'm the one who is giving solution to my team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how are you managing that as the team size and the number of services or projects are increasing?
1: See, what I do is when I hire really smart people, right? where I don't have to micromanage. I only do Mm. the fine tuning pass, right? Where they are doing the actual work, but then I give them the guidance. And then I pick up an activity every day and try to work on it so that I am well versed with what is happening currently. That's one. Second is I'm extremely disciplined with whatever I do, right? I'm very clear with regards to how I utilize my time. Mm. Because I'm doing multiple things. I'm also a mentor of many startups. Right. So that's one of the areas which I work on. Plus services and the product and the circuit product is also going live, right? So I've divided my time in a way where I try and give the right kind of time or value to my team members as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs who have this time management as the biggest thing that no matter how much time they put into work, it's never enough. So can you share a bit more of how you do that? How do you manage that?
1: See, I start very early, right? Like <laughs> I typically wake up by six o'clock every day. So first three hours is for myself, right? So that's completely divided for myself. It could be my mind. It could be my body. It could be my learning, right? This three hours is completely, I would work out. I will do meditation. I will try and pick up a new skill, learn something, right? So the first three hours is completely for me. So no matter what happens, I don't miss out on that. That is helping me to be hands-on in whatever I do. After that, because I've hired some smart people, and then we've completely given them the freedom where they can manage their work. But then, because I spend a lot of time training myself, right? So sometimes I give them options of try and use this tool or some act, and then divided the time pretty well. Right? Every task is captured in my system. Right? So I don't deviate myself with regards to what activities I have to perform religiously follow the schedule, religiously follow the time because I'm doing multiple things. If I don't do that, I will definitely fail. And if I don't give my time to my team or to the customer, if I don't bring value to what I do and for them, then we will fail.
0: Yeah. yeah. You spoke about meditation. Can you share what role does that play in the rest of your day?
1: Uh, it has definitely helped me. I started about two years back. <clears throat> Because as you understand, entrepreneurship is a very stressful life, right? Yeah. Sometimes your BP goes up and high, keep going up and down, right? So meditation has actually helped me reduce my blood pressure. least oh. really from the last two years. Post-COVID, we saw a lot of tough time within the organization as well. So I could see that the stress levels were going up. And that's when I saw some podcasts like yours. When somebody spoke about meditation, I started doing. 15 minutes is what I spent. Mm. It helps me calm me down. Second is, it helps me schedule my day pretty well. And then I don't react for every little thing right, because mm. of meditation. It has helped me for
0: sure. Thank you. Thank you for adding and that. Then,
1: you know, I think so. I miss this. The regular prayer in the first thing in mm. the morning, uh, my own uh, namaz is also actually helped me. Right, So that also I follow religiously. I don't miss that first thing in the morning. Right. So these three, four things is actually helping me calm down, schedule better, manage my time.
0: Better. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I think all of these things, whether it is your prayer or workout or I yeah. think all of these, what you mentioned that right, you don't miss is the key to manage your time or to be on top right. of things. As you said earlier, yeah,
1: yeah. only yeah. last
0: two years, I think I've so started following it. It definitely helped. Me. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Is there something, so you spoke about cricket earlier, right? You spoke yeah. about uh, sports earlier. Can you share a bit more on your personal side? What else do you do when you're not like uh, doing the work? Cricket
1: is my passion for sure. After my father, cricket has taught me a lot. <laughs> so playing with a team, I right? started early playing cricket with my, you know, friends from the society and then played at a decent <laughs> level and all that. Right. So cricket taught me leadership. Cricket taught me how to gel with different kinds of people. If cricket, merit is very important, right? No matter, even if your brother is playing with you, if he doesn't perform, you know, you have to drop, right? So that has actually helped me. So in my all so my good. corporate organization, even in my entrepreneurship, like right, merit is very important for us. Right? So until then somebody's really good in work, would not get promotion, would not get recognition. So that I have actually learned from cricket. And I continue to play cricket now also on Sundays. On weekends, maybe read a book. Or spend a lot of time with my son. My son spends a lot of time in learning design and art. So I keep guiding him, helping him, spending a lot of time with him. Or watch some good movies, which is related to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. related to wars, which actually motivates. Sometimes you have to be a warrior when you're an entrepreneur. So I pick some good movies, which are related mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship and war. and watch
0: Thank you for uh, sharing uh, like about cricket and also some of these lessons we can take from sports and then apply to business or what? Yeah, yeah. So, if you had a magic wand, if you can create anything, what would you create for your life or for your business tomorrow? Okay, magic wand for business. Yeah, See, I would like to create
1: leaders. Uh, right, so that aspiration I have mm-hmm. more leaders within the organization. Sometimes we, especially in corporate, people get so diluted with promotions and raise and all that, right? So they yeah. find ways to promote themselves and then they lose their core. Although they get position, but they're not content, right? So I get magic, sticker, whatever, right? I would build more leaders, which helps and they eventually help others as well, right? Some yeah. way I can guide them, whatever I've learned, especially my entrepreneurship and even in my corporate life. I've done some share of mistakes there also. So whatever mistakes I've learned, I could help and guide the new generation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And from your experience, from your experience of leadership, why would you say that that is missing, right? That leaders are missing either in your organization or in the corporate world. Why do you think that we are missing that? And what can people do to step up, to take one step up as leaders?
1: The first and foremost reason is people are in this rant race, right? People are so obsessed with their designations, how much salary they're taking. And then you need to be a certain kind of person to grow in a corporate, right? If somebody is upfront or somebody is very innovative, that person will not survive. They are looking at people who behave in a certain way, only Mm -hmm. then they can grow. So even if somebody is good at leadership, will change themselves because they know if they behave in this way, they might not grow. So mm-hmm. when I look at corporate, most of the people look alike, <laughs> the way they behave, they talk, the way they handle the deep, because in this rat right race of growing and getting designation, everybody look alike. And if there is an outlier, a person who is really, really intelligent will not survive. I've seen like, Infosys, like when I was at Deep Fee, I saw that people were very different there and it was very clear merit is required for them to grow. Right. So people would do hard work, focus, try to innovate, but then I didn't see it the same in other companies. Because sometimes I feel all this corporate, there are people who look like robots for me. Same kind of behavior because that's how they've grown. And they've seen others also grow in the same period. Yeah. So they continue doing it. They're pretty happy in their life in terms of the designation, the money they make, all the comforts and benefits. Right? And they've taken an easier path. That's what I feel. It is missing
0: out. Yeah, yeah, I get it. In your organization, what do you do to invest in your people's leadership so that they can actually step up as leaders on their own? One thing we've made clear
1: is that uh, if they have to grow, one is there has to be merit. And then numbers have to speak for themselves. Somebody has to grow. They have to perform. They have to do something out of the box to grow Mm -hmm. to the next level. It's not like they spend two years in the organization, they will grow. And then we have made it very transparent in terms of performance. Everybody knows who is working on what. And collaboration is very important for us, right? Somebody could be brilliant, but then if that person is not able to collaborate within mm-hmm. the team or is not able to manage the team, that person will not grow. Right? So merit is like very important. Maybe I learned it at Infosys where merit was very important. That is helping us and keep everything transparent and
0: recognize performance, hmm. right? which large company doesn't happen. I think. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think okay. uh, the transparency, I think without transparency, people get confused or they have a lot of doubts, Correct. Uh, but when everybody is clear of what is working and how they are working, I think that creates that level of clarity. And okay. uh, the second level what you said is about merit is it about, you have to show the results. And then I think the third thing is so important, which is like celebrating or acknowledging Or if there is good performance, then how do you celebrate? How do you reward? How do you take that ahead as an example so that others can also take it forward? I feel
1: it's slightly easier to create a performance driven company because when people see others working, or I could be working 12 hours, 14 hours, my account director might be working. So others realize that people have to work. And then for them, they know boss, they don't have to do anything out of the blue. They just have to put their head down come up with interesting work and be value to the organization and they will grow. When you build that kind of culture, it's slightly easier. And when people, while I mentor some startups and they say, we're not able to manage team, I'm a little because not difficult at all to manage people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And what, since you spoke about that, if you come across a founder who is struggling with managing the people or managing their teams, what advice would you give them? Typically, whatever I said, keep
1: everything transparent. Your communication has to be effective. Don't assume thing that that person will automatically perform. Be clear in terms of what they have to do and give them regular feedback. It's very important. Be it good or bad, say, don't wait for annual review. The thing I've seen is if corporate people actually wait for an annual review to give you feedback, they don't have time to spend time with you. Right. So we don't do that. If somebody is, we don't have to wait for weekly review, monthly review and all that. Immediately we see something is wrong. We'll pick up the call, pick them, call them and talk to them immediately. Appreciate also. And then they should not have any surprises in the annual review. We don't have to wait for one year to provide feedback and mess up their reviews. I do it, And if there is an the opportunity, help them and give them feedback. So that they quickly learn. And
0: they don't keep making mistakes till one year. Thank you. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. As you said, many simple things, but many times companies or like big organizations do not realize that. Correct. And something as simple as giving appreciation or giving feedback faster or as soon as you can, uh, can produce the impact much faster rather than keeping people waiting. Also see, we are more than 50% remote. It's a bigger challenge to
1: manage people remotely because you don't know right what is happening. So the more we communicate is very important for us. And they also have to communicate regularly, update the tracker, update the dashboard, right? Every day we spend about one hour discussing all the tasks, right? So managing and reporting is another challenge, but then somehow we are able to manage it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So especially with remote, right? What are some of those systems or processes that you have put on to ensure that there is regular communication? Like every
1: day, there's a religious meeting with all entire team, wherever they're located. Mm. We discuss all the clients, all the projects, everybody gets an opportunity to talk in terms of what they have been performing right? if they have ideas, right. And then remotely, one thing we have made it very clear that they have to respond on time.
0: Mm. Whenever
1: we use Slack, we use Skype, right. So we expect people to respond and then we don't expect people to overwork also. Right. You take eight hours, do your best. And because see, currently the distraction is really high. Unlike the times when we started, you look at all this Insta and Facebook, people keep scrolling for hours and they miss out. Right. So that's another challenge along with reward. Right. So regular communication, talking to them. Like I can give an example about yesterday, a new person joined. Right. He was doing good, but then he was not able to communicate. So my 10 minutes conversation with him today, I see he's a different person. Right, So, you have to communicate. Don't assume things. Keep talking to people. And because, see, what happens if you're working in a company sitting with each other, somebody's going through a personal problem, you get to know when you look at them, right? Yeah. And then you go and talk.
0: But remotely, how do you know what is happening?
1: So, you have to keep talking, invest a lot of time in communication.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, that's golden what you shared, like the more the frequency and also the clarity in, in communication. Yeah. Thank you. So before before we end, anybody who is listening who wants to find out more about you or reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do? So?
1: I'm always active on LinkedIn. They can reach out to me, ping me, because I also reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn for my business and finding the common collaboration. So they could do the same. And we are also hiring. We are hiring some smart people, people who are looking for you know career in digital marketing who are passionate who could learn end-to-end so they can reach out to me there. Customers, I do a lot of LinkedIn outreach so we've got decent outreach there. People mm-hmm. can
0: reach out to me through LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you, Abdul, for sharing everything that you shared. I will make sure. Uh, sure to add the LinkedIn profile with the show notes. Sure. Uh, and I wish you all the best once again for the projects that are coming and everything that you're up.
1: So thank you so much for giving me opportunity to talk and giving me a voice right, where I could talk my thoughts
0: Thank you. you. Thank you, Abdul. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own life. Help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved, and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.